0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocks big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book The World of Yesterday. What comes into your mind when we mention Europe? Is it the glittering civilization of ancient Greece or the heroic and martial Germanic culture? Is it the mysterious and dark Middle Ages or the birth of modern European history marked by the Renaissance? Or is it the aesthetic charm of an ancient cathedral, an elegant and solemn classical symphony, or a vivid sculpture? Regardless of how you view it, the history of European culture has always been illuminated by unparalleled human achievements. However, twice in the last century, these mortal glories also suffered their most severe tests and the cruelest, destruction. We are sure you already thought of the two world wars that threatened to wipe out all of Europe. Today we may understand the war's causes, the decisive points, and the outcomes, but we can hardly truly revisit those dark days by just considering their event logs. However, through the eyes of a literary giant who witnessed that era, and its disasters, the book The World of Yesterday may help us go back in time and experience those years of enlightenment and dark despair. The World of Yesterday is a posthumous work of the famous Austrian writer Stefan Zweig. After the rise of fascism, he was forced into exile and lived away from his home nation until his death. He wrote this book during that time. Zweig produced a profound account of the significant historical events of his generation in Europe, events that challenged peace and humanity. Zweig evokes the changing times as Europe slid back from peace and prosperity, and into destruction and turmoil. This book is a classic work of autobiography, blending one person's destiny with their times. Zweig was born into a wealthy Jewish family in Austria. As a teenager, he became fascinated with literary creation. He traveled the world and met luminaries such as Roman Roland, Sigmund Freud, and many other personages. These figures had a great influence on him. As a prominent pacifist during the First World War, Zweig was devoted to anti-war movements. When the Nazis came to power in 1934, as a Jew, he was forced into exile. In exile, he wrote this autobiography. It bears witness to the end of the Golden Age. Disillusioned with the world, he committed suicide in 1942. Next, we will uncover the book through three stages of Zweig's life Part 1 his carefree teenage years, and his pursuit of literature and art. Part 2 his concern for realities, how he matured and developed from a silent observer to become an anti war activist. Part 3 – His forced exile at the peak of his literary career due to Nazi persecutions. Part 1 – Carefree Teenage Years, and the Pursuit of Literature and Art The Golden Age of Security was how Zweig described the period in which he grew up before the First World War. He was born in Vienna, Austria in 1881, a time of peace and prosperity for that nation. No one expected outbreaks of violence, such as war and revolution. The various classes in Austrian society felt secure back then. All aspects of social life reflected that feeling of security. For example, all citizens had the right to vote for whomever they chose. The state confirmed their rights and duties in statute, and laws and norms provided regulation. There was no inflation, the currency that circulated was bright gold pieces. Through continuous social and economic development, people saw their incomes and living standards rise. They could even set aside money and save for their futures. Scientific innovations spurred the continuous improvement of people's health and living conditions. These factors gave everyone confidence in a future of continuous progress where people could live good carefree lives, enjoying peace and prosperity. As in Austria, at this time across Europe. Despite occasional minor dissent, the relationships between people were peaceful and friendly. Czechs and Germans, Jews and Christians, rich and poor, could all live in harmony. Even when people from different political parties bad-mouthed each other, there was still a sense of manganous generosity. Members of Parliament might criticize each other in the newspapers, but in private, they would still sit together amicably over a cup of coffee or a glass of beer people were tolerant of those who took a different stand or disagreed with them. They viewed such tolerance as a moral strength rather than a weakness. With continuity, stability, and development, Austria achieved overall prosperity. The prosperity was not only reflected in politics and in the economy but also in art and culture. The capital Vienna was an eclectic city. A meeting point, gathering the cultural trends and fashions of Europe. The city became one of Europe's most important cultural centers. The people's main concern was not politics, military supremacy, or commerce, but artistic issues. Even the most ordinary citizens were deeply engrossed in their pursuit of culture to the point of fanaticism. Zweig recalls in the book that his Kitchen Maid, who was illiterate and had never been to a performance at the Imperial Theatre, Theater, wept bitterly over the death of a prominent actress working there. Zweig's example underlines the cultural and artistic effervescence of the city. This cultured climate was the general background of the era into which Zweig was born. Now let's talk about his family. He was the son of a wealthy Jewish merchants. His father followed the credo of the era, safety first. To establish his own business, He avoided speculative enterprise, relying on practicality and hard work. And as his business experienced continuous growth, he became mega-rich. His mother was from a grand and prestigious European Jewish family with members, scattered across Europe. Zweig's parents were highly educated, affected by the Jewish people's characteristic spirit, cherishing knowledge, learning, and culture. With material comfort, they focused attention on nurturing their spiritual world and that of their children. At this point, we have to mention how Zweig came to the defense of the Jews. He countered the misunderstanding, a widely held belief among Gentiles that the typical goal of a Jew was simply to get rich. Zweig states that riches are merely a stepping stone, a means to the true end, and in no sense the real goal. The real determination of the Jew is to rise in the intellectual world to a higher cultural plane. Growing up with the privilege of a carefree family environment, Zweig experienced this firsthand. The family cherished intellectual development over wealth accumulation, providing him with a sound education, surrounded by literature and art. However, this education did not seem to have left a good impression on Zweig. In the book, he describes his elementary and high school years as dull and lacking warmth. The classrooms were lifeless and cold learning factories. His curriculum was broad but had nothing to do with reality, nor did it take any account of students' interests. Teaching was dogmatic, imposing a prescribed set of ideas on all students, learning only for learning's sake. Throughout his high school days, Zweig came to feel that he could not find anything new and valuable in the classroom or gain any fresh insight from his teachers. On top of that, he already knew more about certain subjects of his particular interest than his teachers. So, like many young people, his attention began to wander towards the attractions of an exciting world beyond the schoolyard, he developed a passion for drama, literature, and arts. As mentioned previously, the citizens of Vienna were engrossed in their cultural lives. It was a place where there were no obstacles to young students' cultural encounters, and nothing to hinder their love affair with art. Preferring to leave their studies in the classroom, Zweig and his classmates flocked to the theatres to see the work of famous dramatists. They would visit all sorts of art exhibitions and discuss painting, music, and philosophy. They had an appetite for literature, reading whatever, whenever, and wherever possible, and reciting prose and poetry out loud. With their exceptional literary enthusiasms, these teenagers were on a quest to discover the latest knowledge and ideas, anything that broke with traditional artistic views. They were keen to embrace every emerging artistic trend. The old world, the stability to which their parents were accustomed, they regarded as obsolete. With Zweig's generation, an artistic and aesthetic revolution had begun, signaling a fundamental change in values, where certain artistic opinions were nearing the end of their days. The flourishing new art of this era fostered the emergence of countless young poets, musicians, and painters. They inspired a generation of young students in their feverish pursuit of art and literature. For example, The works of the brilliant Hugo von Hofmannsthal were esteemed as absolute poetic perfection. This linguistic genius began publishing when he was 16. Despite his young age, he had a vivid imagination and a flawless command of language. Furthermore, his youth was no impediment to his perceptive understanding of life. Under the influence of the brilliant young literatures of their age, Zweig and his classmates embarked on their literary creations, composing poetry and writing articles while experimenting with different styles. They discussed and critiqued one another's works, encouraging each other's literary skills and artistry to advance in leaps and bounds. Immersed in such a creative environment, at 16, Zweig published his first poems in the Viennese magazine Gesellschaft his early passion for literature accompanied him for the rest of his life. After Zweig graduated from high school, he became thoroughly immersed in his enthusiasm for literature. Despite feeling uninterested in the existing university majors, Zweig chose philosophy. The study, the young Zweig believed can free up the time he needed for his literary activities. During those university years, the young man began to make a name for himself in the literary world. After a careful selection of his past poems, he contacted an eminent publisher specializing in German lyric poetry, leading to the publication of his first collection of poems Zilberner Zeitung, or Silver Strings in English. Some of that period's leading poets highly praised Zweig's verses. Later, he successfully submitted an article to the column of the Neuer Freier Press, the most influential newspaper in Vienna at the time. Having this article published allowed him to join the ranks of famous writers who had already receiving popular recognition and respect. His social status advanced rapidly. However, Zweig did not confine himself to the small circle of admirers he had established in Vienna. To step out of Vienna, and escape the confines of the upper classes, his status as a rich young master, he first went for a semester to study in Berlin, Germany. During this time, he came into contact with a wide variety of people from completely different walks of life, including alcoholics, homosexuals, drug addicts, poor kids, small-time artists, and so on. His extensive contact with these underclasses led to a period of reflection on his past creative style. He considered it detached from reality. The revelation clarified his future creative path. In The World of Yesterday, Zweig makes some remarks about his formative writing style. After his contact with the actuality of Ordinary People's Lives in Berlin, he felt a scent of perfumed paper lingered on all his previously published novellas. Those works were unrealistic and written with techniques he had acquired from others. He burned the full-length novel— which he had brought from Vienna to please the publisher. The confidence he gained in his high school years and all the praise lavished on his early work received a tragic blow. After his time in Berlin, Zweig continued to travel all around the world. During this period, he roamed and wandered across France, England, Italy, Spain, Belgium, the Netherlands, and the other nations of Europe. Zweig was affected by the remarkable talents of the many cultural celebrities he met throughout Europe, such as the Belgian symbolist poet Émile Verhaeren, the French sculptor Auguste Rodin, the Irish poet W. B. Yeats. He was impressed by these people's virtues of nobility, simplicity, and conscience. The experience of his travels enriched his life, providing artistic and spiritual inspiration, as well as urbane knowledge. Zweig's extensive travels made him a zealous internationalist, a man devoted to being a citizen of the world. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.